It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to the Part-Time Outdoors Podcast. Hosted by Matt Noss and Nate Wright. Welcome back, Episode 7, Part-Time Outdoors. This will just be a little bonus episode we're throwing in before Nate goes on his big hunt coming up. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about the giveaway kind of recap what we've been doing, what we're going to be doing, and just kind of do some chit-chat. So as far as our giveaway coming up, we have a Dakota Dine and Dash, and we're going to post an Instagram post here right after we record this. So it'll be up by the time you're hearing it. All you have to do is like it, follow us, Part-Time Outdoors Official on Instagram, and tag two friends, and that'll get you an entry into the Dakota Dine and Dash. Or if you don't have Instagram, just go onto any of the platforms, write a comment, click five stars, <laughs> and uh, and go ahead and screenshot that and just send it to info at parttimeoutdoors.com, and that'll get you entered too. So, yeah, no, that'll be good. Um, it's really nice, Matt. I didn't realize how nice it was. And how convenient it is for when you're traveling with your dog. I was checking it out here a little bit ago, and it was like, wow, I really need to get this. Dude, I liked it a lot. At first, I was like, I probably don't need this. And then once I got it, I was like, I need this every time I go somewhere. Yeah, it is. Because sometimes it's a pain trying to, like, bag your food up and trying to make sure they have water and what you're going to put it in. It's literally all in one. The water's so easy because it's like, I forget how many gallons it is. I should know that. It's like two and a half gallons or something like that. But you don't waste it either. So, like, tomorrow I'm going to the mountains. Mm-hmm. I just bring it out, give the dog to drink, let it go back in the reservoir, cap it, done. Like, it's so easy. Yeah, yeah, that makes it nice. So, and I did a little, uh, anyone that doesn't know what it is, I did a little video, and I'll be posting that probably with the post or the post right after. Um, just kind of story. explaining it. Maybe put it on your story. To yeah, I'll put it on the story they too. They can see that and they can click it there and check it out. And I'll highlight it because it's a highlight for sure. <laughs> but no, um, so what do you got going on? You already talked about going to the mountains and stuff. So we'll go with what you got going on right now, what you've been doing here recently. Dude, I've been slaying birds. Like, I mean, all right, so PA Public's open now for Uplanders. Uh, they have a put-and-take program there. And actually, the guy from the last episode, since we're on this topic... Uh, was telling me West Virginia is actually going to be talking, I think it's their next meeting or the meeting coming up in the spring about starting a program as well. So it said in the article that I read that it's going to possibly be in three WMAs. And Michigan kind of did the same thing. They started a small pheasant put and take, um, kind of modeled it after PA. I don't know how West Virginia's will be modeled, but I've been waiting for this for a long time. You think, like, maybe it'll be up in, like, Canaan area or something like that? Uh, mm, I hope not, almost, because I don't want everyone 
getting where I like to bird hunt, and thank you for hot spotting that. I listen. That there's a <laughs> lot of like land up there. So I mean, I'm greedy though. You know that. So. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But you've also been doing a little running gun, and you, you're always you're always sending me a good message saying I'm gonna go kill the big one. And I'll be back later. <laughs> <laughs> I've been deer hunting three times so far. Uh, haven't got lucky yet. Rut's just now coming in in PA, West Virginia, th- um, that that region. So yeah, um, I'll be getting out in the woods a little bit more. Um, you been I've been killing birds though. I mean, double points. Last time Outland came with us. Um, take some pictures and stuff we had two beautiful double points and i mean anytime my dog points i get excited when i see both my dogs point and hold i get really excited and i didn't miss yes yeah, <laughs> it was it, and she got it on video i was i watched it a few yeah. times and i was like man this is legit so before that happened on our rooster we had beautiful two double points and i went in i flushed the rooster it was one of the biggest roosters i've shot like the i mean the tail was humongous and i was like oh my gosh that was awesome <laughs> it was the first double point i had because this is miles first year he's still getting used to the beeper collar he's busted a few birds that huntley's pointed that huntley hasn't been happy but um and i was like did you get that on video and she was like no i, I got a bunch of pictures i was <laughs> like all right next time there's a double point <laughs> click on the video yeah. and but she did on the next one the woodcock and uh, if anyone wants to see that, that's on our Instagram too. And she is killing it behind the camera. Yeah, she's getting really good. So, well, she, which is good for me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm a winner on that. That's what I've always learned. That's what I've always learned is basically it's hard to hunt and take pictures or video at the same time yeah. and mm-hmm. be successful doing it. Yeah. So that's I have the old GoPro, the new GoPros. I was just listening to um, Birdshot and with Nick Larson. Good, good podcast. I'll. I'll I'll give him a little free advertisement there. Little plug. And uh, so he has the new GoPro 9. And on this one, I think 9 was the first one that did it. It has some type of, of mode where it videotapes all the time, but instead of taking up your storage, it dumps it. And then whenever something happens, like a bird flushes or your dog goes on point, you hit record, and it'll jump back 30 seconds and record from so you don't miss anything. Wow, that's and awesome. And it saves, yeah, and it saves your... Man, that's so smart, too, because yeah. you you really... Initially, when you hit record, you probably don't... You're not hitting it at the right time. Right. You're or off. And you're, like, you're way too late, because, like, the bird flushes, you hit record by the time it comes on, it's, like... It's too late. Yeah. Yeah, so no doubt. That's that's why I miss all of my uh, footage when I go. At least, at least you can use that as an excuse, but now you can't, because you have Leanne hey, on it. Hey, it's, it's fine. I'm missing footage. I'm not missing birds, though. Oh, I don't with my Winchester. I don't miss that Benelli. I'll give it to you. Like can't hit anything with it. I don't know why. And my my Fausti, I'm I'm pretty good with too. So that's probably what I'm going to take tomorrow. Going up to who I'm not going to tell you where to the mountains. Um, using between one X and another app that kind of shows um, timber cuts and stuff like that. We'll be targeting probably like nine to 16 year old um cuts and hopefully we can get on one but that's what i'm trying to figure out i'm like do i want to carry my 12 gauge that i can hit everything with or am i going to challenge myself it's challenging enough already but i'll have gauge with me and i know he'll be blasting at anything that moves so oh, yeah if, if i miss it he's you know, definitely gonna be on there's it. gonna be a lot of bird shot in there I'll, I'll say that that's good that's good 
But no, um, so we got back from Ohio, had to go back to work, unfortunately. Um, but uh, me and my dad actually, we lost a lease of pro- a lease property that we had in uh, Harrison County last last year. And we actually just got another piece, so we've literally been running out there back and forth. That's where I just came from, I made it my house. Um, pretty much just kind of scouting, posting it, and setting uh, some ladders here and there, and then just kind of winging it. Um, we're pretty much about three or four months behind where we need to be, obviously. But we found a lot of hot sign. We're just kind of being optimistic about it. So don't really know really what we're going to see, but we're just happy that we have a place to go together, and it's kind of convenient for us. It's always exciting scouting new land. And when Nate told me he was going out to do some scouting and posting, he said, be at my house at 345. And <laughs> so I I knew I will leave my house at 345 because anytime you go out to scout, you're always out longer than you think, for sure. No doubt, no doubt. But this is something my dad really enjoys. He loves the management aspect of it. Um, and he's he's became pretty successful with it, um, considering how we were with our last lease. Um, so, you know, he loves it, getting into it, and just seeing the whole... Seeing it all come together, I guess I would say. You know, like I said, this year we're not going to be like, you know, there might be something that's on the property that we don't know of. But as far as like, you know, a few years down the road, we like seeing saying that we developed the deer and we created a good habitat and so forth like that. Yeah, it's definitely more rewarding, too, when when you know all the work that you put in and what you get out. And you you can kind of watch deer grow from year to year. That's that's something special. And and doing it with your dad, I mean, that's a that's a bonding experience in itself. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I wouldn't do it with anybody else. I mean, he's taught me everything I've known as far as when it comes to, you know, hunting and so forth like that. And he's about as serious as I am, if not more. So he was going to join us today on the podcast about with the Ohio recap, but he had to unfortunately go to work. He had to go home and, and ice his knees from the uh, from the scouting, and then he said he had to sleep uh, for work tomorrow. So I told him when we get big, I'm gonna remember when he was too busy for the podcast and had to sleep. But yeah, I mean, he could have got a little plug on here, and they, people would know who Mark Wright was, right? <laughs> and now they'll just never know. Exactly. But I mean, he does have a lot of knowledge. That's probably why he's so successful in Ohio. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> a little leading question for you. Here we go. Um, yeah, you want to go ahead and jump into that, or do you have anything else you want to talk about? Let's do it. I got nothing. Okay. Um, so we went to Ohio, uh, south, uh, southeast Ohio. This is a, uh, it's an outfitter. Um, it's called McCoy Outdoors. It's, uh, something that me and my dad looked into probably about three or four years ago. Actually heard about it on a podcast. Um, so we went last year. It was a great experience. Um, so Chad and Lear are two brothers that, own a logging slash uh, sawmill. They own two of them. Um, they manage, they buy property and they manage it. They timber it. And basically they have property that they lease out to. And then they also have people that come in and hunt it. So, you know, it's not like someone's holding your hand or something like that. You know, it's you're hunting, you're putting in full days. I know Matt was, I was talking to Matt and Matt was like, well, how long were you in the woods today? And, you know, I was like, well, I'm here from this, this and this. And he's like, wow, you're putting in a lot of time. Um, but, you know, the time that we go is we're the first group that actually comes in there. So, you know, it's kind of nice. Everything's fresh. And, you know, like the piece that we hunted this year, no one will hunt it for the rest of the year. So they have a lot of different pieces of property that are, you know, throughout the two counties that are in the area. Was there anything else that Matt told you that you wish you could have went back and done? No. (laughs) (laughs) So, so basically um, last year, my dad actually killed a, 
great deer. Um, it was a tank. It probably weighed over 200 pounds, but which didn't give the horns any justice. It was like a 150 class deer. Great experience. You know, when you're killing something like that, if one of us comes away with something, it's, it's great. And it's like I said, like Matt said, it's more of a, I don't know if I would do it by myself, but I would probably, I just enjoy the aspect of doing it with my dad. But also the people down there are great. They're, you know, the hospitality, everything they do, they go above and beyond, you know, to, you know, try. You can tell that they want you to be successful. So, um, but this year uh, we, it was a little different um, compared to what the year, you know, year to year in, year out. Um, I saw one of the biggest deer in my life, but ended up not getting a good enough shot, in my opinion, to, you know, sling an arrow, I guess I would say. Um, that next night, my dad actually hit a nice buck. It was an older deer and we backed out our last night and went to try to, uh, track it, got a dog, lost blood, ended up not finding it. Um, a few days later, um, Chad, which who's who we deal with majority of the time is well connected with a lot of the landowners down there, you know? So like he's, you know, we were in there looking for that deer. He's respectable enough to, call that landowner that was bordering his property saying, Hey, we're going to be looking at this deer. You're not hunting today. Are you? So, you know, he's not trying to blow people's, you know, hunting and everything like that out, but come to find out four days later, they found my dad's deer. Um, so literally that day, my dad drove down there to get it processed, what was left of it and probably going to take it to the taxidermist. That's a great example too. Like, I mean, you should always do the legal and right thing of, of, asking the landowner but also i mean if you don't find the deer there's always that chance that you called the landowner they know that you shot a deer and they find it they're gonna know whose deer it is exactly there were so many there were so many good things to that you know like because i think the landowner that was bordering his that piece of property that he owned was from michigan and he can't he was like a weekend warrior so you know if you're a weekend warrior and you're only coming down there for you know two three hunts a, a weekend and, you know, you don't want to walk in there and mess it all up for them. Crazy. You're leaving prime grouse country to go shoot a deer. <laughs> isn't that, isn't it, isn't it? So, But people have different goals, Matt. Right, right. <laughs> so your deer, do you think you maybe would have got a better shot at it if you would have done, I don't know, like a couple of tending grunts like I told you? We'll never know. <laughs> so Matt has been on me about wanting to grunt. Um, I ended up not doing it because I had heard them in conversation saying, that they'd never really grunt or rattle horns. So I'm going to listen to the people that have lived there their whole life and have killed a lot more bigger deer than me. Um, so I took their advice over Matt's advice. How'd that work for you? Uh, well, I'm over two. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you were on them. Yeah. I mean, you, you've seen big deer every single time. And so Nate showed me a picture. They ended up so, was it a neighboring property that shot yeah. that buck? Yeah, I just got the picture today. Yeah, and it was a giant. What? What? How? What do you think that scored? It was probably 170 plus. Yeah. That's what they said at least. That, that's what would have been my guess. Would have probably been around 170. Yeah, and it was. I mean, just being in the presence of that deer, I was just. It was just unreal. Like you just never. You could never put it into words how the perspective of being around it like that. So were you shaking a little bit? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know me. I, I've. I'm, I've said it a million times. I see a spike, I have bad buck fever, and I'm I'm shaking. But that's why we go. I mean, yep. like honestly, like if I didn't get like that, then I wouldn't be like 
oh yeah, so excited to go deer hunting. Like I get, like I said, I get excited when some does roll up on me and, I, and then I have to chill out for a second. I mean, it's like I'm in a commercial grade f- freezer and then combine that with usually it's like 30 degrees anyway. Yeah. And it's just, it's a bad story. Yep. But these guys, I mean, they're, it's just a great experience. You know, all in all, I love the experience with my dad. And then obviously it's like a bonus when you're successful as, as far as killing a deer. Um, it's, it's not very far of a drive for us. You know, the stay's nice and you have the opportunity to kill a, a really nice deer. That's cool. So any special gear that you took for that and or are taking and or are taking <laughs> to Indiana minus your camper? Um, as far as Indiana, so it's going to be more of a run and gun. Um, so basically you want to jump back, you want to jump into the Indiana thing? Run, run and bow. Run and bow. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I wish it was a gun sometimes. <laughs> uh, were you all done with Ohio or you had Yeah, no, that's good. Um, but yeah, shout out McCoy Outdoors. You know, they're great people. You know, if you ever get a chance to go somewhere like that, don't pass it up because it's a great experience. And it's, like I said, I can't, you know, regret anything like that when I'm doing something like that with my dad. Yeah, for sure. cherish that forever. Yeah, for sure. And and that's something, you know, it gives you, I always like to have a goal or a trip or something off in the distant future every year. I know it's coming up, gets me excited, keeps me going, keeps me into it. And and you got that with that trip, so. Yeah, and it's perfect timing. It's not like in the middle rut here, there, Mm -hmm. and it's a good early season hunt. So it kind of gets you in the swing of things. Like that first sit, you know how it is. Like you kind of forget your release or you drop something out of the tree stand. Like my dad was like a wreck. (laughs) He was like, I did this, I did, I banged this. And I was like, well, you need to get in the woods before we were down here. Like, you know, it's just, it's like, you're like, it's like knocking the rust off. Just stuff. Yeah. Just stuff you don't even think about. Like, I mean, before we started this year, I was, I was taping my tree stand up, um, trying to quiet all the, the parts of the previous season I knew had been a little bit rattly or this stuff like that. Even practice climbing the trees, being quiet, um, that type of thing. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not something you just show up and you're up the tree and you're good. I mean, it's, it takes practice. Yeah. But then by the end of the year, it's like second nature to you. Right. So, but no, we'll jump into the Indiana trip. Um, so we are getting ready to leave for Indiana on Saturday. Um, last year it was me and Derek that went, uh, this year there's actually going to be four of us going. Um, so my dad is going, he's going with a mobile setup. Um, and then our other buddy, Kurt is going to be going and we are actually going to be doing a podcast in camp when we get down there. Um, but it, like I said, it's a public land. Um, me and Derek last year, we went down there and honestly probably scouted probably 70% of the time compared to hunting, but it was hot. So we could only hunt the mornings, scouted most of the afternoons and evenings, but we scouted a lot before we went in, found some hot signs set up and then just kind of went from there. So is he up there? He lives fairly close to there. Yeah, he is probably about two and a half, three hours away. So has he been going over there and scouting it um, during the past like couple months, kind of seeing the so, uh, most recent sign or anything like that? So we did a lot of scouting last year when we hunted. I went down to Weiss this summer to Indiana. You love hot spotting on the on the podcast. What do you mean? <laughs> Weiss? Is that a city, I'm assuming? Twice. I went, oh, I, I said Weiss. Two times. I, I was like, Weiss, Indiana? It sounds like a city to no, me. No, no, no. So <laughs> I've been down there twice. So, um, and Derek, I think he just recently shot in there a few days ago, actually, and went and checked the cam and stuff like that. 
So we're leaving Saturday early morning, going to set up camp, taking our camper down there. It's going to be a little different. We had an Airbnb last year, but we're going to have actual camp and, you know, all that good stuff. So That's going to be cool. Is your campsite going to be close to where you walk in at? We are about 20 minutes away from the, the pieces of property that we're hunting. That won't be bad at all. No, no, exactly. And it's just... The big thing is that we learned last year was, you know, we, I feel like we went in earlier and earlier and earlier every day. So, like, I'm going to be interested. Like, me and Derek were pretty, you know, disciplined enough to go to bed at a decent time. Now that there's I, four of I us I know there, Mark's going to bed at, like, 7 p.m. Oh, he'll just pass out. <laughs> he'll pass out in the chair around the fire. But that's that's a given. You might as well go ahead and say that. He's a hard worker. Yeah, he's got to get his rest. Oh, he's just an old man. That's what he is. <laughs> But, yeah, so, like I said, it's a run and bow, run and gun, however you want to say it. But, basically, you know, I have three cameras out that are down in that area. I think Derek has a few. So, we're going to have a little bit of intel, a little bit more resource than we did last year. And, obviously, we know the property a little bit better considering this is our second year. This is the first year I've really slacked on putting out cameras. And I don't know if I like it better or worse because when I go out, I have no idea what's out there. But then, also, in my head, I'm like, there's a giant out here because I haven't been proven otherwise. So it's well, it's I, a dual sword there. It's good to be optimistic about it yeah. at least. So, I mean... Can confirm have seen no giants. Can confirm <laughs> any giant sign? Uh, I haven't really seen too much sign, but like I said, I've only been out there three times so far. Okay. I've mostly been bird hunting, so... Yeah. But no, we're excited. Um, I'm excited to see how my dad... Because last year when he didn't go, he was like, I just feel weird not being there hunting with you guys. And I'm like, well, you're more than welcome to come. So how it's is, just it's just different. You know what I mean? It's it's like a early morning, got to get in there, get set up. You know how it is. And and from what I recall, the early morning thing, it's a good thing you got there super early last year because there was another guy going to the spot that you shot the big buck in. That was, and that he was, was the what, night like, before. That oh, was, that was the, night before. the day before. Sorry. day before. But still, yeah, the, but realistically, so I had such a good morning that morning, even that guy walking in there was a different access area and I was like, I need to go in the way he was coming. So he sees my truck. So that way he doesn't even try to come in. And I was literally in my stand already set up and I still had an hour and a half until daylight. That's half the battle with public hunting. Just kind of like letting other people know, Hey, like I'm right here. Like, please don't come here. And you'll always have those people every once in a while. They don't care. They're like, well, it's public, but there's still that, Mm -hmm. that, ethical like hey maybe i shouldn't like the other day me and Liam were hunting the bottom field there's a truck there yeah and i knew who's bow hunting there's no dog boxes anything like that and hear anyone screaming at their dogs so i, I knew he was probably bow hunting and i was like you know what let's just go somewhere else i know it's public but it's, it's just re- it's a respect thing yeah it is and and i feel like in the hunting industry there's a lot of people similar minded. Unfortunately, there's there's a few that aren't, but for the large scheme of things, I agree. Most I agree. People are like that. Yeah, that's the thing, and it's 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 first come first serve. Yeah. That's basically what it is. It's it's a grind, and that's the weird thing is like I wanted to get in there early, but I had no idea the deer that I killed was. I knew I saw his rubs. There were some rubs in there, but I had no idea what he was going to show up. But there, were, I saw some nice bucks earlier in the week. To where it was my last day, public land. I was kind of like, I'm not going home with tag soup. So, it was it was crunch time. Yeah, like I was hammering at least. So, one of the things I had talked to you about the other day was stand threshold, and 
So that's one of the things that when you do get there an hour and a half before daylight, two hours before daylight, one thing that you got to pay attention to is can I sit in, like say your stand threshold is four hours. Well, if you spend two of those hours in the dark with no shooting opportunity, like you're really not doing yourself any good. So I know myself, mm -hmm. I know I can't sit in a stand for eight hours. I can't do it. If I really try, I can, but like my mind is off this way. I'm fidgeting back and forth. I just, I can't sit still that long. And the deer see me every time because I'm moving, moving, moving. Yeah. So my, my, my stand threshold is probably like, I don't know, max probably four and a half, five hours. It just is what it is. So for that reason, sometimes I don't go in super early and try to beat the guys to the best spots. I just let them have them and mm -hmm. I hunt somewhere else. But in the long scheme of things, that increases my percentage because 40, 50% of my stand threshold isn't spent yeah. in non-shooting light. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I get that. And But the thing with me is, is like, I'll just give an example for last year. We were, I was out of the stand by 10, 11 o'clock because it was so hot in the afternoon. It was just dead. So I knew where I was going to be. I knew I wasn't going to be sitting in there right. all day. So I already had my mind made up. It was a mindset thing. And and my mornings were so hot with like, you know, deer activity. You know, obviously when you're seeing deer, time flies. Mm, that is true. So, and that was the same thing with Ohio. Like we were hunting two sets. I had a, I had a stand I was hunting in the morning and I had a stand I was hunting in the evening. You know, just on setup. So basically, I knew I was getting out of the stand at 11 o'clock. And then I knew I was going to come home, grab some lunch, and be out in the next stand, you know, in a few hours. So I like the breakup, but I get what you're saying. Like, so two years ago when I went to Ohio, I sat in my stand for two days straight, and it was hot. But I was so far in on the property, it would have been dumb for me to come out. I've, I've done that before as well. I'll walk in three miles into somewhere, and I'll be like, well, by the time I walk back out, walk back in, burn all those calories, it's going to be time almost to come back. And, you know, it's like, eh, I'll just sit the whole time. Yeah. And But those days when you don't kill a deer and you're out there from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., I am miserable. <laughs> you are. I mean, it's so, it's just like a, a shot in the gut. Yeah. It really is. And and you're out there to have fun, too. So, like, if it's at the point, I'm, I'm a huge, big-time fun guy. So, if... <laughs> If you're not having fun, like if I'm out there for 30 minutes, I'm not having fun. I'm hanging it up. I'm going home. I'm going to grab the shotgun. I'm going to grab the fishing pole. I'm going to do something else. Exactly. If I'm having fun, I'll stay. Which makes sense why you like bird hunting because you're constantly moving. Constantly doing. I'm constantly yelling at my dogs. <laughs> Does Leanne take up for him? Um, I only yell for warranted situations. I feel like we need to get Leanne's uh, input on there uh, just to get her on the podcast. She's too busy fiddling with the camera. Okay. All right. I yell, I yell. I have to yell her too. I got I'll you. Put her on video. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I get the threshold. I do. Um, it's going to be a little different this year because I think the weather looks a lot better. But our mornings are always good. And it just depends on the, the activity because when you're mobile, you're constantly thinking, what's my next move? You know what I mean? Like I have a spot that I know I'm going to go to my first two sits because I was successful last year, but I'm not going to be living, you know, live and die by it. You know what I mean? So I'm going to be ready to move to the next one and so forth. Are you targeting like saddles and benches, pinch points? Like what, what are you focusing on? This or is more you of just, a, the, where I was at was more of a pinch point. Um, 
the big thing that I was looking at when I hunted this spot, and actually Derek actually pointed it out, and thank good he was there because like the hike in was it, it was just a different experience. I've never hunted public. I've never thrown a tree stand on my back. I look like Bigfoot walking through the woods. That's why I got a saddle. Like so, like I'm literally walking through the woods, Matt, and I'm like, we're like lost. It's dark. It's our first day. You know, like we're like newbies here, and he's like. I don't care where you set up. You set up right there. I told you where I wanted to set up. He was <laughs> going to leave me in the dark. Like He didn't care. Like That's a big Derek move. That is definitely a As a former move. mentor of mine, I can I can affirm that's a Derek move. He would be like, fine, you, you don't want to do the extra reps? Don't. Just go sit on the bench. That was a passive-aggressive <laughs> comment from Derek. <laughs> so I was like, Ugh. okay. So then literally we, we scouted the property to where it was a field, but there was like some wooded area that they would cross the field to where they had cover. And I set up on that. So basically, I got a lot of activity right there when they were crossing. That's so with rut just now starting to come in. Not to mention rut literally was hot. Yeah. Like it really was in then. I think my focus and what I'm going to be aiming for where I'm hunting is on the... I'm going to hunt close to the doe beds, but just a little bit downwind of them. Yeah. And... From what I've been seeing as far as sign and and, and whatnot, um, I think I'm going to have a good shot. And I usually don't do that. I usually don't hunt that close to doe beds. I, I, but now that we're switching in to rut, food's becoming less important. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of pressure that's at the spot that I'm hunting, um, where that is, it's very thick and it's very hard to get to. So I don't think it's going to get much pressure. But I will say during gun season last year, the buck that I was after all year, I knew where he was. I'd seen him the night before, and I went down the next day, and his um, man parts were spread over a branch, and then I like 10 feet farther, I saw his, his gut pile, and I knew it was him. And I just, I just walked out of the woods and went home. <laughs> Man, that's so rough. So, I mean, I know that's, that's where they like it. At least where I'm hunting, and that's that's what I'll be targeting. Yeah, and I'm sure another one moved in there, and but you don't know. You have no cameras. Well, so that's the nice part. So in, in Pennsylvania, in I'm not going to tell you which unit, but one of the units you can figure out if you if you're really that diehard. Um, the unit that I'm hunting in, it's it's three up. However, that doesn't include the Browthine, so it's basically you're shooting four up. Okay. And because it's like that, there's Big bucks everywhere. I is, like that. Is that a rule in, uh, where you're going to Indiana? Is there any horn limits or anything like that? It is not. No. Um, I think everybody's going to have different goals when we go down there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm right now eating tag soup with Ohio and Indiana and West Virginia. So, I definitely would like not to come back empty-handed. And also, I'm going to try to go hit in some public on, in Ohio. So, if we do actually are pretty successful early on, we talked about heading to Ohio to possibly hit it up on our way back through. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Is anyone that's, I know Derek's pretty experienced. Mark's pretty experienced. You're pretty experienced. Is the other guy that's going with you, is is he a big hunter as well? Yeah, Kurt's a big hunter. Um, they did some leases in Ohio, him and Derek and another group of guys. But uh, Kurt has really transitioned over to like the mobile set thing. So he has a saddle and he also has a lone wolf custom gear. So he's going to be kind of trying everything out. It's kind of probably the same situation that I was in last year, you know, but if you get yourself in the right time in the right place, you know, things can happen. So 
I'll give you my piece of advice for your trip. Okay. Uh, it's a phrase I've been using like crazy this week. It's my new favorite phrase. It's not, I'll talk to you later. Um, that's what you always say. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to it's, you. It's uh, don't get paralysis by analysis. Sometimes with, with that much experience, everyone has their two cents. Everyone, well, you're going to be doing this because this, this, and this. You overanalyze things. Keep, and it, keep the, it simple, Just stupid. remember, keep it simple, stupid, and have fun. I like that. Yeah, that's the big thing. That's what my dad said. He has no expectations. He just wants to have Well, fun. he already shot a big buck. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it, it, it's easy for him to I say. I mean, that. literally, that's what I was hoping this year. I was like, man, I want to go be going into Indiana with a nice deer. No pressure. Yeah. But here we are. Pressure's on. Tag suit. Hey, no pressure, no diamonds. But no, it's, I work excited. It'll be, it'll be nice. What's the licensing deal for out-of-staters up there can you buy that online is that something you gotta get at the store online um so you got it online yep and what's that what that roughly run you 150 not too bad no it's really not it's not I, as bad as ohio i pay probably similar to that with all of my pennsylvania stuff including the 25 dollars pheasant tag and all of that so probably a tad cheaper um, in Pennsylvania, but I mean, re that's relative. I mean, you know, what's funny. You've never invited me to go hunting with you in Pennsylvania besides, literally, besides bird, I'm besides bird. I'm so glad you said that because literally like yesterday or two days ago, bird I said, hunting. no, 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 no. I said, Hey, like, do you want to come? Did you get your PA license? Do you want to come up and hunt? And then I might bird hunt later. And you're like, well, I, I go, I could, I go, cut grass. I worked. I worked. <laughs> I go at night shift. I'm like, that's funny, like, because you can't hunt at night. <laughs> so, like, the night shift work thing, like, not doing it for me. But I have to I, sleep. Like, the fact, the fact that you even said that is just incredible. You know what? I've never seen you come hunting after you worked your 24. That's all I do. And, you, <laughs> the, and the fact that you've never worked a 24 in your life, you can't, you can't even. But let's be honest. Are you really working 24 hours? I, I am nonstop. Pedal to the metal, yeah. Full I, throttle. I saw your Snapchats and your your gourmet <laughs> dinners the other night. You looked really busy. Yeah. So one the pheasant we took, uh, we ended up skinning it up, doing a, it. Almost looked like the rotisserie chicken. It did. It, I'll tell you what, it was pretty good. Yeah, I hate your pictures that I'm not there to eat them. You should be saving these things for duck camp. Listen, you and your schedule. We're not going to get into it on air. Um, we'll get into it after. <laughs> That's fine. But yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be in Indiana here in a few days. Um, we are going to. I haven't really decided. I might do it first night, just kind of like an expectation thing, and kind of going into it, and then just do like one big podcast that night. There's going to be four of us, so it should be interesting to say the least. Sounds good, and I guess we probably should say. Um, I'll just say it now because I forgot the Dakota Dine and Dash. That's for the lower forty-eight. I'm not shipping that to like Indonesia, so I, I, agree. I agree. And we'll we need to come up with a time that we're going to release that. We'll say. Uh, well, on one of the next episodes, we'll announce the winner. Okay. Yeah. Does that work? That works. I'm going to apply for it. I want it. I'll make sure you don't get it. It's going to be a fair contest. Like I'm, I'm probably we'll see how many entries we get. We'll probably likely do a, a live feed, random number, or something. yeah, random generator or something. Yeah, um, that works. Just to make it fair. Okay, but no, that sounds good, man. I'm excited. Um, maybe we can do some PA hunting here soon. I, I just feel uncomfortable not going in there, not knowing where I'm going. Like, I need to do some scouting before I just, like, wing it. It's all about winging it. 
Yeah, I saw you winging it last year. That's for sure. I literally <laughs> shot at a massive buck last year. I just I missed it. You did. Touche. But no, thanks, guys. Um, this is uh, episode seven. Uh, we'll be back with episode eight in Indiana on the road. Um, if there's anything that you guys would like to hear more of, let us know. Shoot us a uh, DM. Uh, shoot us a um, email or anything like that. All right. It's a wrap. All right. Thanks. Thanks.